Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, it's a gross, gloomy night in February. Yeah. It's just cold in the world. Yeah. And there's slush and there's rain. So let's cozy up. Yeah, with the English countryside. Absolutely. Nothing cozier than English pastoral. Yeah. As long as you're not on the moors, I guess. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's probably more like here than not. That's true. So... so. Just trading one for the other, just, really. Just drink a cup of tea and you'll be fine. <laughs> Annie, what do we do Cut on Crossover cutting. Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two pieces of media, two books or movies or TV shows or whatever, what and just do? mash them right up. Yeah, stick them in together. Uh, and what are our two things tonight? Tonight, we are mashing up The We Free Men by Terry Pratchett and Hot Fuzz, the movie. <laughs> the movies. Yeah, it's our first foray into Discworld. It is. It was my first foray into Discworld any, overall. Ooh, well, why don't you go ahead and tell me about it? So, um, The We Free Men is a novel in Terry Pratchett's expansive Discworld series. Um, it's the first one I've read, and it's the first of the Tiffany Aching books, which are written more as like Kidlet or YA than the other Discworld books, apparently. It was published in 2003 and is the 30th book in the Discworld series. Holy cow. Yeah. Like, super expansive. Yeah. Um, I was at a book event recently at a Trident Bookstore, and I got this giant poster of all the Discworld connections it looks like a like a like a mad scientist flow chart yeah or it does or like some um, kind of eldritch ritual yeah <laughs> like it's it's kind of awesome and actually very helpful because my my friend Allie shout out to Allie um she recommended this and like Discworld had always seemed so big and expansive to me yeah, and she's like no this is where the Tiffany books start and that's excellent Yay. um so now of course I want to read all of them but <laughs> Tiffany aching forever for sure. Um, so the story follows young Tiffany Aking, whose family has been uh, sheep farmers on the hills of the chalk for generations. Uh, Tiffany first notices that she sees things a little differently when she saves her little brother Wentworth from river monster Jenny Greenteeth by hitting her in the face with a frying pan. Nice. <laughs> Gotta love a good frying pan. Seems to be a sort of trope for her, too. I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, a, lot of, a lot of art of Tiffany holding the frying yeah, pan. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it's made of iron. So yeah. there's a lot of like magical creatures that don't go well with that. Plus, um, it's just badass. Yeah, it's great. Like, <laughs> I, now when I see people I don't like, but you know, both personally and in the larger global sense, I think, man, I just want to hit him in the face with a frying pan. Oh man, I know. I'm gonna be much more frightened to come in when you're cooking now. Oh no, I love you. Well, just in case, though. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't, I never want to hit you in the face with a frying pan. I like you your face. Dodged a bullet. Yeah. A frying pan. Um. Bullet. So, Tiffany meets Miss Tick, who is a witch posing as a traveling teacher, but you know, kind of the same. And um, <laughs> Tiffany learns that she is probably a witch, like her grandmother, Granny Aking. 
Uh, Tiffany begins to develop her magic, which is actually mostly about observing and thinking and not doing fancy spells and tricks. Um, and she meets the Knack-Mack Feagles, who are little blue pixies who are really into fighting and thieving and have Scottish accents. I love them. <laughs> um, when Wentworth gets stolen by the Queen of the Fairies, the Knack-Mack Feagles um, help Tiffany find her way to Fairyland to fight nightmare-making monsters and take her brother back. And things took a very intense turn. Yeah, right. Um, she also finds Roland, who's the son of the local baron who went missing last year. Um, Tiffany finds that her strength comes from her deep connection to the land and her heritage, just like Granny King had, um, and is able to defeat the uh, Queen of Fairyland. So like Granny Aking, Tiffany will go on to be the protector of the chalk and all its creatures. Oh, because, yeah, witches are sort of protector figures. Yeah, right? they they kind of keep the universe in balance. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is like the, a big setup for Tiffany kind of learning to be a witch. Cool. Um, and unlike, you know, other series like Harry Potter where you find out you have magical powers and you're taken off to a school to learn them. Um, here it's kind of a reverse where it's like you, you find out you have magical powers and you can do things and now you have to go back and figure out how you how you did them. Oh, interesting. So yeah, yeah you've got to like reverse engineer your own magic. Yeah. That's um, really cool. And yeah, and again, like I, oh, I mean, I'll go into this later, but the, I love this approach to magic mm-hmm. and how it's not just like you flick a wand and say a magic word and this thing happens. Um, but anyway, first up, let's go for some characters. Absolutely. Introduce so, me. So we've got Tiffany Aking, nine-year-old sheep herder, cheese maker, and witch. Um <laughs> It's on her resume. Uh, yeah, she, like Tiffany, one of the things she like says about herself, she's like, I'm good with cheeses. Oh, yeah. She's adorable. Man, Tiffany and I are going to be best yeah, friends. Yeah, Tiffany's the coolest. <laughs> Confession, I don't really like cheese. Yeah, but it's good. It took me a long time to reconcile myself to it, but then we realized that it's more cheese for Walt. Exactly. Um, so there's Miss Tick, the first witch Tiffany meets. Toad, who is Miss Tick's kind of familiar and who helps Tiffany as she first interacts with her magic powers. Um, Toad later realizes he used to be a lawyer. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> there's Wentworth, t- Tiffany's little brother, who's like always sticky and whom Tiffany kind of learns to protect. Granny Aching, uh, Tiffany's grandmother, who protected the the chalk with common sense the real magic Ooh. and she she has passed um at the beginning of the story oh, I see. um but tiffany's memories of her kind of make her such a vivid character i feel like i want that on like a world war ii style subway poster like common sense the real magic <gasps> i would love that building a better oh future today i like again if someone can make fan art of this mm-hmm. like old-timey world war ii style poster with yeah. Common we need sense, to be like the real super magic. Rich patrons just commissioning I know. Just stuff be like, please right. make that for me. Yeah. Why don't you go whip that up? Maybe someday when this podcast really hits it big, oh, yeah, people are going back through the old episodes where all the money is. Exactly. In <laughs> um, so you got the Knack-Mack Feagle, including uh, Rob, anybody who's kind of the leader of the group, uh, Daft Willy, Big Yan, uh, not as big as medium-sized Jock, but bigger than we Jock Jock, <laughs> which is, I think, just like the names are Very delightful. Very good naming conventions, Terry Pratchett. Um, Very good. And the Kelda, who is like the queen of the Knack-Mack Beagle Hive. Like there's mm. only one female within a group. Oh, and she has like all the power, mm. um, but she also can't leave. She's, it's societies. really like a hive of bees. Yeah. Um, Roland, son of the Baron, who's kind of a goober, but not a bad kid. <laughs> Uh, the Queen of Fairyland, and she's like 
fairyland fairyland is like a parasite universe that like kind of goes around and steals bits of other places and yeah it's so cool that like i mean i think in like the D setting the fey wild is like the fairyland but it's very much just like layered over top of our world but everything's cool yeah and so it's fascinating to see like a take on fairyland that's just like it's a different different place yeah and it's and like it, a roaming area and again like things are really weird they like yeah. they can't make anything themselves so they have to like steal other things oh, and interesting. the queen of fairyland like will steal kids um and yeah again they, she has all these like weird creepy creatures like mm-hmm. drones and that like make nightmares for you oh, and like from your own memories no thank you yeah it's super creepy and like grim hounds which are like really creepy dogs and sneebs and like it's Sneeves. a very sneebs it's a very like creepy world yeah um so yeah like it like it's a big cool fantasy adventure mm-hmm. um some themes of the the book are this is a direct quote that i just loved um, them as can has to do for them as can't and someone has to speak up for them that as has no voices um, and that's I think like really the summary of witchcraft which is like this this real strength and power that's used to protect those who need it and keep a balance in the world mm-hmm. um, and granny aching is like the real image of that yeah like she she's just this shepherdess and she manages to make sure that like everyone in the village is safe and that they help each other and you know there's one part in it where like the baron has a a dog who's killed a um a sheep and you know by law he's supposed to put him down Mm -hmm. but the baron doesn't want to because it's a real good dog right um so granny aching has to come up with a way for the dog to be excused basically huh. so um, she's gotta like be king solomoning all over the yeah, place exactly. yeah exactly um why and then like once she does she tells the baron she's like you better remember this because mm. we like basically bent the law for you so when people need a little more time in their rent money hey you best be remembering yeah get flexible yeah baron um, um i also love that quote because it's pretty impossible to read and not go into like a british accent. yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh i think i want to say that is Maybe it's Rob Anybody who says it. Um, and the Knack Beagle have like these real like Scottish accents. I'm reading the audiobook, which is a delight. Yay. Um, and then, you know, some other themes are that like, again, like real magic isn't fancy tricks and wand waving. It's it's mostly about being smart and observant and kind. And like the best magic isn't even like what you call like magic at spells. It's just like being smart and <laughs> like you know like if you know something that someone else doesn't know it's a kind of magic yeah and like well it's i know this thing with tiffany that she sees the world differently yeah and it's like you just have it's having perspective whatever yeah that means. and like there's a lot that in the book of um tiffany she'll it's like her first thought was this her hmm. second thought was this her third thought was this so she's like thinking about thinking about thinking yeah. um so it's it's like her just being clever and observant mm-hmm. um Another big theme is just knowing where you come from and like her her strength comes from this heritage of being a shepherdess and being Granny Aking's granddaughter mm-hmm. and like really knowing her people um, and like and knowing her home makes her stronger than this like thieving queen of fairyland. Yeah, she has roots there. Yeah. And like she like there's um, kind of the big climax it goes into like her like being like really like this is my home this is mine you cannot have it and like getting the power from the chalk itself cool um so yeah super cool 
Uh, some things I like and think other people will like are just like the writing is so funny. Very like, magic. see, like so good. I was so hesitant to go into the Discworld series, and now I'm like, I need to read all of it because just the <laughs> writing is a delight. Yeah, I think watching you experience this book has made me want to dive into Discworld. Yeah, as well, oh, because I've I so read good. Good Omens, and that was really my only Terry Pratchett yeah. even, uh, adjacent experience, and it was delightful. Oh yeah. yeah, and I feel like this is even better. Mm. Like, I mean, this is in I'm re- um, listening to the second Tiffany Aching book um, on audio, and today there was an exchange that was like, "Oh, the world is your what is that thing? It's in the sea, and people eat it, and it's small." And someone else is like shrimp and they're like yes that's it the world is your shrimp and i'm like cracking up in the car yeah and i love love, sorry that it seems like a series that is so expansive yeah like reading it i kind of wonder what characters have featured in other books already so then when i go back am i gonna be like oh my god it's mistress weatherwax yeah and even that like this one is more ya style yeah like he he, being able Mm -hmm. to vary styles from book to book yeah. and series to series. While still being in the same world, world yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like this uh, features a smart, thoughtful young girl as a protagonist. Like Tiffany's a, a rock star. That's pretty cool. And I love that again, she, she gets to be an awesome person just because she's very smart and competent and observant. Like, really she, lovely. yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fun and exciting magical adventure. Like the fairyland world is super creepy and exciting. Um, but it also, again, focuses on being smart, not just having magic powers. Um, and even in that, there are like there's a lot of complex family relationships, mm-hmm. um, which I always like. Like Tiffany's memories of Granny Aching are just like really heartbreaking and sweet and sad. As she like re- she doesn't know that her grandmother's a witch. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, like she like comes to realize that like all these things her grandmother did were kind of magic yeah um but she like it was just never spoken of and her grandma wasn't like a big talker um and like there's this really like poignant part where like she wins this she- like you know pastoral shepherdess figurine at a fair and she like gives it to her grandma thinking like oh look it's a shepherdess mm-hmm. and like granny king's like offended because she's this old woman in old cruddy boots running after dog you know like and it's like this pastoral figurine um and like figuring out like what does it mean to again like understand who someone is yeah and where they come from yeah and And like yeah exactly and like what is beautiful and powerful that's Um, really cool yeah and like tiffany really resents having to take care of wentworth and like even when she's going to rescue him it's like Oh, I just like I don't love him <laughs> but again she ends up having to like own him and be like no you can't have him he's mine he's my brother yeah. like I'm rescuing him I because he's dibs. my brother a dibs yeah it's like I don't have to like be all warm and fuzzy about him right now but he's mine yeah nobody makes fun of my brother but me exactly mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm again like I never read series like almost back to back and I cannot wait to read all of the Tiffany Aching books. <laughs> that is about as high praise as praise yeah. comes from the end. Oh, totally. Of the world. Yeah. I am like in the middle of several series and I'm just gonna finish this one like immediately. Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Limited only by the speed of the audio. Exactly. Um, so yeah, what about uh, some hot fuzz? Let's oh, get into that goodness. Let's talk about some hot fuzz goodness. Um, speaking of things that just make you want to spend time in them all the time, um, I think uh, Hot Fuzz is probably the movie I have seen the most, just as a single movie. 
um, and the movie that I am always, always, always in the mood to watch uh, because, you guys, it's really good. It is the best. But what is it, you ask? Uh, Hot Fuzz is a 2007 action comedy delightfulness mashup movie uh, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and co-written by Wright and Pegg. Um, it actually just had its 10-year anniversary. It came out uh, in 2007 on February 14th in the UK. So, well, it's not or February it's coming 14th. Up on, yeah. its, on its 10th anniversary. Which, there was a 10th anniversary article which, on the internet yesterday. Oh, okay. So which we excited. just found out. February 14th, also Simon Pegg's birthday. Hey, Valentine's baby. They're the best. They really are. There's one in the room right now. One of us. <laughs> Um, so Hot Fuzz is the second film in what Wright and Peg have called their Three Flavors, Cor- three flavors Cornetto trilogy. Um, it's basically three films, all of which are written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, directed by Edgar Wright, and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, they all worked together first on the TV series Spaced, which you'll hear more about in the recommendations, and I think has actually been recommended on an earlier episode of Crossover Appeal as well. Yeah, but, I can't remember which one it was now. Yeah. Well, it look, just applies to so many things. It does. Um, but the Cornetto trilogy is basically three films with the same creative team where uh, each of the films is a send-up, a very loving send-up and spoof of a different style and genre of film. Um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the stars of all three, but they play totally different characters in each one. Um, and you had the first movie, Shaun of the Dead, which was a zomcom, a zombie romantic comedy. Uh, then you had Hot Fuzz is the second. It's the police buddy cop film. And then the third film is The World's End, which just came out a couple of years ago and is their sort of take on alien invasion, invasion of the body snatchers style filmmaking. Um, they use the formats and the genres that they love to tell really fun and surprisingly character-driven stories. Um, they're just really lovely storytellers and really fun performers, and they all have such great chemistry together that they're a blast to watch on screen. But Hot Fuzz is really, I think, the most perfectly constructed of the three movies. Um, it's really great. I think Shaun of the Dead is the loudest I have ever laughed in a theater, and I think Hot Fuzz was yours. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Like, Hot Fuzz was my favorite in theater movie experience mm-hmm. because it was just by the time that last third of the movie rolls around everyone is laughing there's a moment where everyone is cheering it's yeah. fantastic it is the definition of crowd-pleasing filmmaking but that's also incredibly smart um i think as a on a broad strokes uh edgar wright and simon Pegg and nick frost all really get that the best kind of satire and the best send-up of something is the one that comes from a position of love and understanding they really really love these movies and they make fun of them mercilessly but always love them um so basic synopsis of hot fuzz we meet police constable nicholas angel uh angels Angels, as paul bettany would say um he's the best cop in london which is a problem because he's making the rest of the department look bad and they're not happy about it So very quickly at the beginning of the movie, um, they promote him to sergeant and then send him off to Sanford, Gloucestershire, a quaint little town in the country that's won Village of the Year for many years running. Um, Angel is obviously a bit of a fish out of water in this tiny little town, and he's trained to be this super duper amazing cop. Um, Nobody at the police station likes him because he's kind of a rules-following overachiever um, who reminds them all that it's things like you call people police officers and it's not a traffic accident because that implies that nobody's at fault. Um, he's kind of a, a annoying person to them. Um, he's all about the job. Yeah, he's all about the job. He can't switch off, as he says yes. many times. Um 
he meets his new party partner, Danny, uh, the police chief's son who has seen pretty much every action movie ever made and wants to be awesome like the characters in all of those. Uh, he hasn't done any actual real police work, but he's obsessed with movie policemen, and so obviously he and Nicholas do not get along great. Um, but as they interact with townspeople and with each other and start to get a little bit more comfortable in the city, they also start to investigate a series of mysterious deaths, and Nicholas Angel becomes convinced that something nefarious is afoot. Um, may just be because he's trained to see paranoia things in all the shadows. That That's a saying, right? Yeah. Seeing paranoia that, things in all the shadows. That's going to be another World War II style poster. <laughs> exactly. See paranoia things in all the shadows. Ration tires Loose today. Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the movie and the investigation continues, uh, the film culminates in probably one of the greatest and most delightful running comedic gun battles in movie history. It just really becomes uh, a 20-minute long sequence about them not only paying off a lot of jokes, but also just seeing how many different kinds of weaponry they can use in scenes, and it's just all wonderful. Um, it also directly name-checks and references pretty much every action movie you could ever imagine. Um, I think the filmmakers have said there are at least a 100 films that they watched for inspiration and referenced directly in the film while they were writing it. Um, but two big ones that loom over the rest of the movie are Point Break and Bad Boys 2. Does uh, Danny make Nicholas watch them at some point during the film? Why, yes. Yes, he does. Um, the real strength of this movie uh, is the characters. Um, you have Nicholas Angel, played by Simon Pegg, sort of doing a 180 from his character, his slacker character in Shaun of the Dead and Spaced, and being a very sort of by-the-book, rules-driven guy. Um, you have Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost, who's still just kind of a schlubby, delightful human. Um, his last name is Butterman. I know. I, come on. There's, you know, also he's Jim Broadbent's son. Oh, right. Jim Broadbent is in this oh. movie as part of the Sanford Police Service, uh, which has Jim Broadbent as Inspector Frank Butterman, Kevin Eldon as Sergeant Tony Fisher, and of course the Andes, uh, the detective. <laughs> why why squad. are they called that? <laughs> they both called Andrew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, also, because talking like them can feel like a hike through the Alps sometimes. That is true. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, throughout the course of the movie, you meet the townspeople all around Sanford. Uh, you've got the innkeepers, the bartenders, the shopkeepers, Leslie Tiller, the gardener, and, of course, Simon Skinner, played by Timothy Dalton, in, like, just one of the best film performances ever in the history of the world ever. He's, Timothy Dalton is having so much fun here, and yeah. we're having so much fun with him. There is a shot where his character stands in front of a picture of his character, and they are making not like the exact same expression. They are like, it's like the exact same moment caught in time because Timothy Dalton's that good. He's perfect. Um, it's real good. Um, you can also, if you're into random people sightings, you can keep an eye out for all sorts of great actors, but especially Rory McCain, uh, or sorry, Rory McCann, the hound from Game of Thrones pops up. Um, also, director Peter Jackson and Kate Blanchett who is mm -hmm. really in this movie, and she's great. Um, some themes and fun stuff in the film, very much more of the latter than the former, but I think the themes are, the biggest theme is like there's balance in all things that you need to be able to switch off and enjoy what you do, but you also need to make sure that you're doing it right. Um, also that small towns can hide deeper secrets and mm -hmm. you're not always paranoid. Um, but on the fun stuff side, I can't stress enough that this is 
one of the most perfectly structured comedies, just in terms of mechanics and storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, the entire final third of this film has no new material in it, but every single moment of it is the payoff to a joke that has been set up somewhere else in the film. Um, there's no wasted breath in this movie. Everything gets referenced again. Everything loops back in on itself and everything pays off in the biggest, most satisfying And I feel like possible. that makes it so satisfying for rewatching. Yes. Because like, again, like the first time seeing it, I laughed out loud and cheered out loud in the movie theater. But like I can watch this movie over and over mm -hmm. because I always see new things. Yeah, I have watched this movie so much that... Mm -hmm. TV edits of it actually annoy me because they skip beats and jokes yeah. that I know are coming. And so it's nice just, try TV. Yeah. Sorry, television. I'll stick to Netflix. Thank you. <laughs> Wave the of old, the future. Or the old school DVDs that we own. Also that too. Um, it looks like a little police notebook. It's really fun. Um, the cast of this movie uh, is just a who's who of British comic actors. If you can think of them, they're probably in this movie. Um, it's Bill Nye, Stephen Merchant, Jim Broadbent, Billy Whitelaw, Martin Freeman, Olivia Coleman. Like everybody's there. They all came um, except Ricky Gervais, and that's fine. Like, he, yeah, he he's in another village. He he's in the village that ended up winning Best Village that year. Exactly. Yeah, he's off to the side. Um, but the real stars of the show, other than Timothy Dalton, because Timothy Dalton. He's perfect. always a standout. Yeah. Uh, our Peg and Frost. Um, they really managed to bring so much heart and depth to these characters and build a relationship that is incredibly believable. I think largely because they just work with each other all the time and they came up together and they obviously have so much love for one another and for Edgar Wright, the director. They all get each other's rhythms so well that they become, um, I think, even after just Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but especially in the movies since then, they've become a really iconic comedic duo because they just play off of each other perfectly. Um, you know, this film, like I said, I will never not be in the mood to watch this movie. It's one of the only movies I've ever watched the commentary on and actually enjoyed that. Um, and I can't watch it on TV. I just need to watch it on my own, which I do pretty frequently. I think mm -hmm. we, this is one we'll always be willing to throw in. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got two British pastoral fantasies, very yes. different approaches yes. to both. Uh, let's start crossing them over. Um, where's the, let's talk themes first. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, British pastoral fantasy mm -hmm. we're out in the countryside um versus reality versus reality in you know the, the real countryside yeah. where things are grim and gritty where everybody and their moms got guns here everybody and their moms farmers farmers, farmers moms. <laughs> your dad sells andy it sells apples andy <laughs> and crumbers um <laughs> so, i i feel like the one of the the big themes for both of these is again like the the secret world mm -hmm. underneath the nice, normal, yeah. everyday world that everybody else sees. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are even just like the importance of being observant. Yeah. And if you notice enough, you're going to see this real world under the real world. Yeah. And like the difference in perspective that somebody new can bring to yeah. a situation. And and like, yeah, I mean, to speak to Tiffany being able to see things that other people can't and draw things from her land. I mean, Nicholas and, and Danny make great partners because Nicholas brings the police eye to it, but Danny knows everybody in town. Yeah. So he knows the story behind everybody. Um, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about physically? What is the physical crossover point? Um, which is interesting because now we've got to find a way to get Discworld, a world that is mounted on four elephants and a turtle, into our regular world as well. Um, 
Yeah. I yeah. I mean, again, this is just the We Free Men. Mm-hmm. Um, having only yeah, they're a little slice that, of Discworld. Yeah, I this guess. is a much yeah. smaller slice of Discworld. So if any of this conflicts with the rest of Discworld, well, oh, yeah, we're not I, asserting canon here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Because so, I imagine we'll talk about other Discworld stuff Oh, later. totally. Because, again, I'm apparently on track to read the whole series before the end of the year. So, <laughs> um, In my mind, I'm thinking that, you know, this is like Hot Fuzz has wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Angel has found out the, you know, the darker side of, of Sanford Gloucestershire. Good. Yeah, of the greater good. Um, and, you know, things seem to be returning to life as normal. Mm-hmm in the the local police force but they notice that things keep going missing like there are a lot of thefts around especially thefts that like you know really like there there are locks on locks on locks (laughs) like there this should not be happening yeah farmers moms are having their chickens eggs yeah exactly like the cows are going missing yeah so Nicholas Angel's like, okay, it's, he thinks first it's some some kids pulling pranks. Oh, yeah, the hoodies. The hoodies. The bloody hoodies. They're, but it's it's not the hoodies. Mm-hmm. It's the Knack MacFiegel. Ooh, I like this. And yeah. I, I was going in a similar direction because, you know, there is a very unexploited resource for the Knack MacFiegels right there in Sanford, the Model Village. That's true. Where you go to live if you're a tiny person. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you take up residence and, in and the this... now rebuilt model village. Exactly. Of yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah their their new Kelda wants wants a real home, not a yeah. rabbit hut. She wants to live in that model of that church. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think you've got to investigate. I mean, I think in true police procedural, there needs to be a greater uh truth or a greater crime happening that they can all work together to solve that is true yeah maybe Um. the return of simon skinner oh Um, yeah um yeah i'm trying to think what else yeah i mean i feel like it's got to be some kind of corruption of the of the countryside well i think that is that um I can see feeding into, like, you know, again, like, there's going to be a new highway coming in. Yeah. Um, But I feel like I could see that feeding into some darker force. Yeah. Kind of like the Queen of the Fairy Land um, Mm. that is coming toward the countryside. Yeah. um, And and bringing a much darker energy that is going to, like, parasite all over. Yeah, just drain it all away. And... I think, again, like, Nicholas Angel thinks, like, okay, well, again, like, I was observant and saw all of these mm-hmm. real things that were happening previously. So I'm I'm seeing other things going on now. But it's actually magic this time. So he, once right. again, he's like, am I losing it? Yeah, he's got to think whether he's paranoid or not. Yeah. I'm sure that Danny's on board right away because Danny oh, strikes yeah. me as, like, he gets magic. Yeah, he, oh, he Danny's like, it. yeah, everything that could happen is probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of awesome, like... I want to have magic powers, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's watched the, all of the Harry Potter movies. He's watched yeah. all of, like, you know, the Beastmaster. He watched this Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, like, this is a guy who's, like, yeah. well-versed in different fantasy worlds. Actually, I guess in the Cornetto style, this could be the segue into, like, the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg treatment of high fantasy. Yeah. Which they have not really done. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and I would totally watch Nicholas Angel and Danny Butterman as high fantasy figures with the the wee free men oh yeah totally and like i mean this is crossing over into um our games Mm -hmm. but i feel like i could see i could see both a lot of battles and a lot of friendships in this collection 
Yeah, well, let's get right into yeah. it. I think I like the I like that we've achieved the hot the hot fuzz we free men high fantasy epic setting. Yeah, that, you know that feels like where these get, are going to most comfortably relate to one Definitely. another. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's like Nicholas Angel goes to to Hobbiton. <laughs> um, so yeah, so first games. How about this battle dome? Or no, let's do kiss your faces first. And kiss your faces is kind of a hard one. Yeah, it's there, another YA. Yeah, it's and um, I mean we have people like Miss Tick. Mm-hmm. Um, who's an adult witch, and then a couple of other adult witches yeah. we see, and you know the queen of the fairy, the fairyland. Um, but and you know the Mac Mac Fiegels are grown up, but they're tiny people. Yeah, that's true. It's a different thing. It's not they're, they're not really looking for love. Yeah, in and, all the right or wrong places. Yeah, exactly. They're looking for a fight. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think so. Let's go. Let's go right into Battle Dome. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, I think we can still talk about okay. Kiss Your right, Faces. Cool. Um, we got Doris from the police station. Yeah, um, you know she's she is looking for for a love connection. Yeah, that is true. Um, I feel like she might go after the Baron. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I feel like you know she's kind of fun and easygoing, and she likes helping people because she's on the police yeah. force. I could see her. I could see her and Miss Chick maybe. Oh yeah. Because again, like witchcraft is all about again keeping the balance on the forces and helping people. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. make that love connection. Yeah, absolutely, I like that a lot. Um, I think uh, uh, Inspector Butterman needs somebody to straighten him out. Maybe Granny Aking. Oh, he's older. Yeah. And I mean, if she were alive, maybe well, we yeah. can. And, and if he wasn't like you know a murderer. Yeah, but he he's only a murderer because. He loved his he, wife Yeah, so much. he like went mad with grief, basically. No, that's true. And I think that she would be really rational for him yeah. and like help straighten him out and keep perspective. And maybe maybe that's why Danny kind of knows about some magic. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, he, maybe, um, oh, is it Jim Broadbent, Inspector? What's Butterman. His, Butterman. Yeah. Oh, duh. Inspector <laughs> Butterman. And Granny Aking had like a, you know, an, a fall... Yeah. romance so you're saying Danny's a witch baby no I'm saying Danny Danny's mom did die okay but instead of you know well I guess that would affect the whole hot well, fuzz setup I think we need to pull too closely to Canada yeah that's they, they true would, they would get along well they would get along well yeah it's slightly kiss your faces maybe and maybe you know that like Inspector Butterman Kind of has has served his time mm-hmm. and has repented, right? And he's back, and he and and Granny Aking hooked up before she passed. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that, yeah. They, so that's they, the time frame we're working exactly. With. And they they adopted the swan. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Granny Aking, she's real good with animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think I think that would fit it very well. Yeah. Um, I think that is a strong, strong kiss your faces contender. Yeah, considering what we're working with. Yeah, but now that we're entering the battle dome. Yes. Um, so the we men are going to fight everybody. Everyone. Everyone. I think they're yeah, especially like I can see them being friends with people later, but they're going to fight everyone to start with. <laughs> Just every single person. Nicholas Angel. Danny uh, Butterman. Danny Butterman. The Andes. Leslie Tiller. Leslie Tiller. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Just everybody's getting fought. Yeah. By the Knack Mac Fiegel. Knack Mac Fiegel. Nice. So much fun to say. It is. Yeah. Oh my God. I love them. Yeah. Um, I think Granny Aching may be able to straighten Inspector Butterman out, but I don't feel like she would get along with Simon Skinner very well. No. Oh, yeah. And I think she wouldn't get along with the guy who is in the play. Oh, yeah. The lawyer. He's, yeah. yeah he's all all about show. I don't feel like she fancies. likes, she puts up with bad acting very well. No. I think mm-hmm. she would be like, we are shutting this down. Yeah. Oh, I need to go back because I thought of a Kiss Your Faces what? for our friend Tiffany. 
Ooh. Aaron Aronson. Aaron Aronson. <laughs> oh. I think he would, it would be like an app where he sees a girl in his brain just like alerts. Right, pulls it inside yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and Tiffany would just be like, I don't know what to do with you. What's happening. But they would have an adorable little kiss your face. It would be great. Yeah. Very, very young, youthful, and isn't kiss your exactly. faces. Exactly. Yeah. But back to the battle. Definitely. Yes. Um, Who and- are we most excited to see fight the Nagmak Fiegel? I mean, I I, I want to say Nicholas Angel because I feel like he would like think, oh, I can attack them yeah. with my excellent policing. Right. But they describe the Nakmak Beagle's attack as like being attacked by a swarm of bees. Like it's hard to hit them <laughs> because they're so tiny and fast and they bounce. For sure. Um, but I kind of feel like seeing the Andes fight them would be hilarious. Yeah. Watching the Andes do anything in hot Right? Is like great. with those mustaches. <laughs> You've got a mustache. I, I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I feel like they're surly in a way that I see the Nakmak Fiegel being exactly. kind of surly too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And they would like the Nakmak Fiegel would steal all of their guns. Mm-hmm. Like that that lockbox full of all oh, the, yeah, evidence. the evidence. Locker from yeah. Filch. Oh, oh, Filch is in this movie too. Um Filch, I feel like he and Granny Aiken would get along real well, oh, frankly. Yeah. They're both There's a, they're both people of the hill, not mm-hmm. big talkers. Very deeply rooted. Very deeply rooted. Yeah. Kind of messy. Maybe she and Filch were together before she got together. That is true. Broadband. That is true. Yeah. Ooh, I like that though. Yeah, a lot of oh good, this is good. some good old people loving. Oh, such good old people loving. Um yeah. Uh how about best buddies? Um, I think Tiffany and Nicholas Angel are mm-hmm. best buddies because, again, they're so smart and observant and they want to yeah. do the right thing mm-hmm. and help people. Yeah. I like and I, that. I feel like Nicholas Angel would take her under his wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. They're adorable. I'm trying to think who Lurch the Trolley Boy would be friends with because I feel like he needs a friend. He does. He likes the fuzzy monkey. Oh, maybe he can be friends with, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Doft Willie? Who's like. Kind of the. He's kind of yarp. He's kind of yarp of the Manakmak Fiegel. Oh yeah, they would talk. I think they, well, they wouldn't talk. They would say syllables at each other. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, um, Daft Willie is a monosyllabic mm-hmm. in his conversation, but he just like he's always the ones with the suggestions that you're like, no, honey, no, oh, that's not what no. we're gonna do. No. Um, how about Danny? I think Danny gets along with everybody. That's true. But um. I mean, I feel like he and Wentworth would share a lot in common. Wentworth is always sticky, but he's real little. I know, but I feel like Danny's Everybody. always sticky too. That's true, and I maybe Danny would be like, like a like a big brother. Yeah, I where think, it's like I think Tiffany has older sisters, so maybe Danny would be like, "Aw, come on, I'm gonna take you out. We're gonna go running around yeah. and throwing balls at things." I think and, he's the cool older brother who shows Wentworth all the fun movies. Yeah. Like, you know, he... I like, mean, again, like, Wentworth is still pretty little in this one. Oh, yeah. So he's probably too young for Bad Boys 2, but... You're never too young for Bad Boys 2. I don't know. Bad Boys 2 speaks to all ages. All ages, really? Four years old? Okay. All humans. <laughs> I mean, I watched Jaws at, like, five, so... Yeah, and you turned out fine. I turned out fine. Now you do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for letting me watch all those movies. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of fun crossover between all of these worlds. Oh, yeah. I want to cross over um, Toad, who's the, oh, the, the, lawyer. Toad, the lawyer Toad. Oh, not the barrister in Sanford, because he's a jerk and a terrible no. actor. Toad would be very suspicious of that. Oh, totally. Maybe. Yeah. I wonder if Toad would fight someone on the um, 
the neighborhood watch. I mean, if he has a particular penchant for grammar or learning, he might not like Tim Messenger very much, the head of the Sanford Sentinel. True. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think he would just, yeah, I think he would just be like kind of annoyed. Mm-hmm. But maybe the guy who, um, who always wears the tweed and he's in the office looking at oh, everybody. Oh, yeah. I feel like he and Toad like would be kind of similar. In the head there. of the Neighborhood Watch Association. Yeah, but they end up fighting. Well, because they can complain about being up to their necks in jugglers. Crusty jugglers. jugglers. Um, Man, I was really hoping to find an organic way to say it, but mostly I just want to say that somebody needs to be friends with somebody who has a great big bushy beard. (laughs) That's all the knockback beagles. Oh, yay. There you go. Big bushy red beard. Great big bushy beard. Hey, oh, you guys watch Hot Fuzz. I can't stress it enough. I know. And read and, Tiffany Aiken. And read um, The Wee Free Men. Yeah. And once you have, what else should they read? Oh, man. So this is a lot of this is like just stuff I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so more Discworld. Again, like I, I'm real bad at reading series. There are a lot of them that I've enjoyed that I've only read like the first book for. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get around to that second book at some point. But I'm already into the next, next Tiffany book, A Hatful of Magic, and it's just as good. And nice. so I'm, I like, I have started listening to the Tiffany Aching books on my long runs, and I think I'm just going to keep doing that. Awesome. Um, so for more fun kid lit fantasy books, um, I loved The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia Reed when I was younger. I feel like they, for me, was, was like, they have this exact tone of like... Mm. Just really sharp humor um, with featuring awesome female characters and prioritizing good common sense. Yeah. Awesome. I think it reminds me a lot of the um, the Myth series as well by Robert Asprin, which I read a bunch of. Like another mm-hmm. fine myth. They all have myth in the puns. Uh-huh. There's a lot of like the same kind of sense of magic, but sort of fun, cheeky magic. Yeah. I think the gender politics are probably not great mm-hmm. thinking back on them. There's mm-hmm. a lot of they're, – they're like – middle school boy books yeah whereas um, the i mean i don't want to say these are middle school girl books because everybody can appreciate them mm-hmm. but it it definitely focuses on more empowered female characters mm-hmm. um but yeah they're they're a delight and it and more when is one of my favorite witches in, so yeah if you want more witches check that out and witches and witches and witches and witches um <laughs> That's not even a hot foster reference. (laughs) That's a pull to another great thing on the internet. Everybody do yourselves a favor and look up Bennigan's Wake. We'll link to it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, A book I just read that is fantastic is Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Grace Lynn, um, which is a middle grade fantasy novel about a young girl who is growing up in this village that is very poor and kind of in a bad farming area. And she goes out to find the the man in the moon to mm. ask him to um, help her village find fortune. Cool. Um, and like threaded through the story, the the novel itself are all these stories and myths and like you see them interacting together and it's just beautiful and that exciting. Really and cool. again, like another awesome female lead. Um, Ella Enchanted by, by Gail Carson Levine is a take on Cinderella in which the main character physically – has been like she's been cursed so that she cannot refuse a command. Mm. So even when you think like why didn't Cinderella just leave? It's because she like if someone tells her you have to clean the floor, she has to clean the yeah, floor. She's incapable of it. Um, and so it's about her kind of breaking out of that abuse and cool finding her her own power. And again, like adorable fantasy awesomeness. Is the movie any good? 
No. No. It's not like there are a lot of worse movies out there, Mm -hmm. but it's not the book. The book is very different. It's no point break. It's no point break. (laughs) Um, Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones um, about a young woman named Sophie who gets cursed and turned into an old woman um, and ends up finding her spirit and sense of adventure as an old woman um, and meets the wizard Howl, who's just charismatic and selfish and a bratty emo (laughs) man-child. And that's a movie that actually is very different from the book, but they're both delightful. Yeah. So The movie is gorgeous. It's gorgeous, and I love it, and I love the book. So, twofer. Um, And then Harry Potter, if you keep living under that rock. Yeah, come on, guys, get on it. Yeah, right? Um, for more kind of funny takes on genre, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Yay. Douglas Adams. Um, I feel like that's another series that I like. I read the first one and maybe at some point I'll read the rest. But the the tone of that and the tone in the Tiffany Aching books, and I'm sure the rest of the Discworld books are very similar in that mm. it's just like this dry humor that's just quipping left and right. Yeah. Um, and then The Princess Bride by William Goldman, also the movie. Mm-hmm adorable funny fun fantasy adventure yeah again i think a thing that sort of spoofs from love yeah you know it's it it, it just deeply deeply loves this this genre yeah and like and really understands that it's also an adventure and you want to have a fun time with these characters it's not just making fun of it Mm -hmm. um and going through the motions like it's also a fun exciting movie and book um, and then for some more movies, um, Kiki's Delivery Service for a young witch exploring her powers. Just Miyazaki. Delightful. You know, earlier, I was I, I, it, when you were doing the plot description, I was like, oh, you know, this sounds very reminiscent of Kiki's Delivery Service and its treatment of witches and yeah, such. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I like thinking back. I'm trying to remember if Kiki's Delivery Service is based on a book. Um but I don't know. But yeah, it's it's. I think it's based on a manga. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, just that that look at like witches as like part of a local community and mm-hmm. supporting the people around them and being adorable. Being so young, cute. Powerful young woman. <laughs> um, Song of the Sea about oh. a young Selkie and her brother and how their family pieces themselves together after losing their mother back to the sea. Um, just a beautiful movie. Such gorgeous really, animation. Such gorgeous animation. Really touching family story um another younger sibling who the protagonist doesn't want to bring yeah yeah but they go on an adventure together Mm -hmm. um the uh, labyrinth for another young girl who has to travel into a fantasy world to save a little brother she doesn't really want and is starting to get interested in cod pieces (laughs) yeah dance magic dance oh david bowie's junk david bowie's junk (laughs) you just raised a generation (laughs) for sure <laughs> uh, um, so yeah so that's a lot of uh, fun fantasy goodness for sure and if you want more uh, hot fuzz style goodness um seriously check out edgar wright's movies just all of them um Shaun of the dead the world's end i mean the the utter cornetto films are great um you don't need to watch them in any order it's not a trilogy in any classical sense they just have related themes and some running gags that pop up from movie to movie um and the same casts largely um and then scott pilgrim versus the world i think a movie that didn't really get its due when it was out in theaters um but is really fantastic. Uh, Edgar Wright is just a brilliant visual stylist. He's such a good 
uh, filmmaker for, you know, using film and editing techniques to really reinforce humor and story instead of just like get from one funny line to the next. And I think I, I mean, I'm sure if you just don't like his style, like maybe that's one thing, Mm -hmm. but I feel like he's such, his movies are enjoyable to physically watch. Yeah. Like he's, his aesthetic is engaging and and keeps you engaged as a viewer like you were saying not just like i'm watching the plot yeah everything that he does is about loving movies and being excited at the possibility of them and of them as storytelling um hot fuzz references all sorts of action films which are fun to watch you know on a hungover saturday morning uh bad boys 2 point break super cop lethal weapon um the wicker man actually gets a lot of shout outs in the film uh and a lot of references made to it um the 1970s version not the nicholas cage one from the 2000s although that one's fun to watch for totally different reasons because nicholas cage is in a bear costume running through the woods punching people and then gets and, bees on his head yeah oh it's much it's like Knack MacFeagle attacking. It's true. He gets his own little Knack MacFeagled, and he is not happy about yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, the 1970s Wicker Man is much more successfully creepy and unsettling, but gets a lot of references in Hot Fuzz as well. Um, for the same kind of density of humor and really structured mechanical humor delivery, Arrested Development. Um, That's where we reference space. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, So, yeah, I think that those it's the same style of writing and construction of jokes and the same kind of payoff for rewatching. And then I would say Parks and Rec and The Simpsons um, are both great for like that. The experience of sort of small town wackiness and really memorable side characters. They craft these worlds very lovingly um, and aren't mean spirited about it. and then I think my sort of Dark Horse animated contender reference is the Lego movie, uh, which came out yeah. from a couple of years ago, which has a real sort of frenetic sense of fun, but is also very much about the possibility and adventure of storytelling. And it's just a movie... Uh, that you can feel the size of the imagination behind it. And it's having so much fun exploring it in the same way that I feel like Edgar Wright approaches his films. Um, There's so much possibility in it. And it's just a really, really fun, dense uh, humor movie. Mm -hmm. Humor movie. It's a humor movie. It's a humor movie. Uh, Best humor movie of 2016 goes to... Human humor movie. (laughs) (laughs) For humans. Well, Annie, if people want more of our humor podcast... Yes. Where should they go? How, how where, where should they go? <laughs> they can go to um crossover appeal podcast dot tumblr dot com where we have website. <laughs> human website crossover appeal podcast dot tumblr dot com for real humans. <laughs> you can also email us with your human hands at crossover appeal podcast at gmail dot com or your human speech to text modifiers. <laughs> If you if you have a human face, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Get it? At Crossover Appeal Podcast. And if you are not a human, but in fact some form of internet bird, you can locate us at, at Crossover Appeal. So take your tiny bird wings. Or your human face and (laughs) subscribe on iTunes. (laughs) Rate us. Review us. So that other humans can know what you as a human have learned long, long ago. (laughs) The tale must be told. The species must continue. Yes. (laughs) Humans for humans and humor. (laughs) 
Well, everybody, I think that's going to just about do it for us. Oh, well. As it, humans, we are tired. Yes. It's been a long week. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, we will see you again back here in two weeks. And uh, until then, for Crossover Appeal, I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. And we humans are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Humans. <laughs> <laughs>